1: Before we make today's journey, I'd like for you to tell me everything you know about Ezekiel. Yes, that's in the Bible. It's probably in the part of your Old Testament where the pages still stick together. It's interesting, but when you even mention the name Ezekiel, people get a little scared because they think, well, I'm not that familiar. And if they are familiar, they think, well, that's that really hard book that has the wheel turning inside of the wheel, and I don't understand all of that. And so because of it, we miss one of the truly great books of the Old Testament. We're journeying through Ezekiel today. We're journeying with Ezekiel today. We hope into the presence of God. Who is this man, this prophet Ezekiel? Well, Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1 says, Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Kebar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Oh, there's a lot wrapped up in that one verse. You see, Ezekiel is the prophet of the captivity. You remember Jeremiah, the prophet of the broken heart, Saul, Jerusalem destroyed, and the people carried away captive. Well, Ezekiel was a young man who had actually grown up in Judah. He was carried away captive when he was 25 years of age. That means that he spent the first 25 years of his life listening to Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. How would you like to have that kind of heritage? No wonder he's been called the prolongation of the voice of Jeremiah. After a while, you start sounding like the people you've listened to. And so I hope you're listening to people who are giving you the word of God. Ezekiel did, and it helped him. So when he was carried away captive, and he lives down by the river with the captives who are weeping under the burden of their captivity, this is a man who still finds hope. This is a man that refuses to live in the mully grubs that refuses to say, well, everything's bad and the future is hopeless. No, he gets a fresh glimpse of God. Isn't that what we all need? He saw visions of God. Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Friend, what our world needs, what I need today, what you need is a fresh glimpse of the Lord God. The 30th year referred to here in chapter 1 and verse 1 of Ezekiel is the 30th year of his life. And so they've been in captivity for about five years, and this 30-year-old man gets a glimpse of God. It's interesting, but Ezekiel was a priest who became a prophet. And uh, while Daniel was serving God in the palace, Ezekiel was serving God among the people. It's beautiful that God always has his man, and God always has his man exactly where he wants him to be. Ezekiel's name means God strengthens me. Friend, you may feel like you're in a captivity today, like you're in bondage to, to some set of circumstances or difficulty out of your control. Well, I want to remind you that there's a God who will strengthen you right where you are. And what you need is exactly what Ezekiel received, and that was a fresh vision of the Lord. The theme of the book is knowing God and His glory. I love the fact that Ezekiel didn't spend his time looking around at the captives and simply rehearsing their situation and circumstances. Anybody can do that. No, in the words of the hymn writer, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Ezekiel got his eyes on the glory of God. As a matter of fact, in the opening 11 chapters of the book, that little phrase, the glory of the Lord, appears 11 times. There's another phrase that's used repeatedly in Ezekiel. It's the phrase, they shall know that I am the Lord. It's found 70 times in this one book. My friend, God wants you to know Him today. He wants you to know His glory. At every stage in life, at every age in history, in every circumstance, God wants you to see His glory. The entire book of Ezekiel revolves around the glory of God. In chapters 1 through 32, the glory has departed. Jehovah is not there. The temple is gone and... The glory cloud has been removed. They're in captivity. It's a look at the past. But then there's a very definite shift in chapter 33 through the end of the book. And here Jehovah returns. His glory returns. To where? To the temple in the millennium. There's a look now not at the past but at the future. We spend so much of our time talking about the past and what didn't go right. What we need is a fresh vision of the future, not just a recollection of the past. And Ezekiel is given perhaps one of the most detailed visions of God found anywhere in Scripture. As a matter of fact, the book of Ezekiel should be studied alongside the New Testament book of Revelation. This book has actually been called the Revelation of the Old Testament. And why is that? Because Ezekiel saw visions of God much like John saw in the New Testament age. And when he saw those visions, he responded the very same way. I read you the first verse of Ezekiel chapter 1. Let me read you the last verse of Ezekiel chapter 1. He said, He saw as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. Friend, when you get a fresh glimpse of God in all of His glory, you see Him as He is, your response will be the same. You'll humble yourself. You'll fall on your face in the presence of a holy God. And then and only then will you find your ears are open to truly hear what it is He wants to say to you. Can I challenge you by whatever river you happen to be camping by today and whatever captivity you may be living through and whatever mourning you may hear in the people around you, can I challenge you to stop today And pray as Ezekiel did, Oh Lord, give me a fresh glimpse of God. Let me see the Lord high and lifted up. Let me hear your voice speaking to me. Because when that happens, friend, hope returns. It's interesting that Ezekiel is known not only as the prophet of captivity, he's known as the prophet of hope. How is that? Because, friend, when you get a fresh glimpse of God, you realize it's bigger. God is bigger than anything you're dealing with today greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isaiah, uh, we've studied already, has been called the prophet of faith. Jeremiah has been called the prophet of love. Well, Ezekiel has been called the prophet of hope. And if you study these, these great prophets of the Old Testament, you'll find that Isaiah emphasized the work of the Son, the Lord Jesus. Jeremiah emphasizes the work of the Father, the Father with a broken heart over his prodigal child. But Ezekiel's vision emphasizes the work of the Holy Spirit. And may I say to you that in an evil age, we need some people that understand the Holy Spirit of God lives within them and His power is not restrained by anything but our unbelief. Friend, today the Holy Spirit of God wants to fill your life. He wants to lead you and guide you and direct you in the midst of difficulty and struggle. He wants to give you a fresh glimpse of your good God arrayed in all of His glory today. I must give you this little footnote before we end our journey today. 91 times Ezekiel is referred to as the Son of Man. Did you know that that was actually Jesus Christ's favorite term for Himself in the New Testament? Christ, rightly called the Son of God, actually referred to Himself more frequently as the Son of Man. 79 times He did it. Just like Ezekiel, why is that? Well, every time he referred to himself as Son of Man, he was identifying with us in our plight, in our struggle, in our strain, in our difficulty. He was saying, I know you, I love you, I've come to where you are. And friend, in the midst of your captivity today, there's hope because the Son of Man, the Son of God, has come to live with you in the person of His Holy Spirit. And in the midst of your difficulty, He brings hope.
0: Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, ScottPauly.org.